0: At the end of the sermon last week, Margot, well, remember what I was talking about? I was talking about how Jesus has been given a new name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, things in heaven, of things in earth, things under the earth. Well, at the end of the sermon, Margo says, "Well, what's our new name?" And if you remember, I was like, "You got me there." Talk about the gong show. There I go. Uh, I, I don't know. And I knew it was, I didn't I could be honest with you, I didn't even know where it was in Scripture. And uh, I was decided, I asked a number of people, and nobody knew. And uh, Margo says, is it friend? Remember. And honestly, I thought at that time, well, you know, that's not exactly a new name. Jesus called us friends. And he said that, uh, and God called Abraham friend. And so I said, well, maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't know that. And so I decided to do a little uh, exploration exploration, and, uh, in scriptures, and I found it, and it's in Revelation. And uh, it says, and you know, our, our band up here, our worship team, is called Whitestone. And it says there in Revelation that God would give us a white stone and put a new name on it. That no one but except the one who hears it, receives it, shall know it. So God has promised us a new name. Some of me, some of you may already know what that new name is. He may have already told you what it is. Um, I got some praying to do. But I said I want to find out what the new name is. And if you want to look it up, it's in Revelation. We're going to look at that in a, a, just a brief moment when we take communion. But let's do Psalm 139 first. This is something that has uplifted my life within the last two weeks, three weeks. My daughter, Timmy has been challenging me to go back to the gym and start working out. And so she's meeting with me, and so far I joined Health Leaks again, and I worked out three weeks ago one day. That's about all I could do. And then the next week, one day. And then last week, I got two days in. And Kimmy's meeting me, and she's a slave driver, man. <laughs> you know, she's just really laying it to me. And I'm starting to feel a little perky, you know, a little bit. But what got me back to the gym was the uh, confession of Scripture. Right? And it's in this psalm right here, Psalm 139. And one particular part of the scripture, I just started confessing it. Now, it also, if you recall, two weeks ago, two Sundays ago, Doctor B gave a, a prophecy about if you want to see Jesus, look in a mirror. You know. And so, as he was saying that, I was thinking that, you know, do you know what? Uh, there's all of us have mirrors in the in the bathroom, right? I I tried to not look at them any longer than I have to. Especially if I turn to the side, you know, it's like duck the mirror. And, uh, but you know what the the mirror is to a Christian? It's, it's the Word of God. Now, I'm, this is my pad, but I've got about 20 Bibles on here. You know, 20 different translations. And I just l- really love this doohickey, you know. And so, <clears throat> In the Bible, it says the Word of God's a mirror. said so James compares the Word of God to a mirror by being doers of the Word. He says, if you're not a doer of the Word, you're like a man beholding his face in a mirror. And you go your way and straightway forget what manner of man you were. That's kind of what I like, prefer to do. And then, and you know, but but when you look in God's Word, if you're a doer of the Word, you look in there and you see... See what it says in 2 Corinthians. That was in James. 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. Talks about how the veil has been split and opened up. And we can see what God really looks at, like, through the Word of God. And you can see Jesus. And there was a, there's a prophecy when you look in the Scripture. I mean, when you look in the mirror, you see Jesus. And so what happens is, you know, Jesus talks about us... Uh, who we are in Christ differently than we view ourselves. But we don't have to live like that. We can look at this. And it was this psalm right here, uh, all of it, but we're just going to go to 18, by the way, but we're going to go pretty quick. And I'll show you, the, it was this psalm that began to lift me up and say, you know what? I'm going to have a different outlook on things. And if it says, "If I should count, excuse me, chap, verse one, we're going to go to 18." I'm sorry, I know I misled you on that one. We're going to do verse one. There you go. What is that? Ten, Lord? Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Just Oh Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. We're going to move faster than this. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising, and thou understoodest my thoughts from afar off. You compass my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. You know, one, one of the scriptures, it says that his word and his treasures and his secrets and his mysteries are past finding out. They are deeper than any deeper. Well, there is no end to them. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. That doesn't mean we can't get a lot of it. It just means it's so high and so deep that we can't, on this lifetime, get it all. There, no matter how much you know about God's word, and God wants you to know a lot. No matter how much you you know God's word, what you don't know is going to be greater than what you do know. You know, because His ways are past finding out. You, it's too deep. All right, but bless God. Let's jump in and find out how deep it is. Such knowledge, I go from. Such knowledge shall I go from Thy Spirit. Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. In other words, Even in the darkest moment, it should be radiant light in God. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, and the darkness, the light, are both like unto thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, and thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, and this is the scripture I started confessing. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I don't care what my mirror says. The mir- this mirror says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Right. Yeah. Is that good stuff? Yeah. Marvelous are your works. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are, what shape your body's in. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how pretty you are, how ugly you are to the world. It doesn't matter what kind of physical condition you, you are in, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. You know who he's talking about? He's talking about me. Marvelous are his works. He's talking about you. Marvelous are, your, are, are his works in you. He says, Marvelous are your works that my soul knoweth right well. My substance is what was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret. You know where you. you A lot of people don't know this. But you know when you were made. Some of you. Most of you that hears me all the time knows this. You were made. Before the world was. Well I don't remember that. Well. I'm telling you. And when I was made in secret. And curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Hmm. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect and in thy book all my members were written which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. Did you catch that? Every member of your body was written in God's book whereas yet there was none of them on earth because earth didn't exist. Thine eyes How precious also are thy thoughts to me. Oh God, how great is the sum of them. Do you know how many thoughts God has for you? Now, I want to tell you, I I was praying one time and I was just caught up in the spirit. And I was in in the presence of God and I was just flying high, you know, like the song, you know. Uh, uh, you, you caught my eye as I was walking by. You could tell by my face I was flying high. You know, you know that song? You're beautiful, you're beautiful to me. It's, it's about a girl. Now you know how, you already know how I, I take words and, t- and turn them around. If I could count them, they are more than the number of the sands. How, how, how much do you think about God? How many thoughts do you have about God? You can think about God every second of your life and you're not even coming close to how much he thinks about you. So I was caught up into the presence of the Lord and I was praying and I was just, I was just, just loving him and thinking how great he was. And, and I thought, God, I'm in the presence of him. Now I, I was using my imagination, you know, it's like the word says, uh, where it says, uh, the, you know, the singer, I can only imagine the Christian. What, what, what group is that? Mercy me. Mercy me. I can only imagine. Well, use your imagination. What are the definitions of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, meditate is the Greek word meliteo. It means to imagine. Now, there's such things as vain imaginations, and that's, that's bad. But to imagine what God has said is true. You know, we were singing that song about how, Father, lift me up, lift me up to heaven, to home. How many of you have been lifted? Believe that. How many of you? Been? Well, I was believing that. And I was in the presence of the Lord. And I was just trying to make small talk with God. I was, he was there. And I, the father was there. And I was kind of sitting in his lap. And I was saying, God, I love you a lot. He says, not as much as I love you. And so I said, Lord, I just want to make small talk. And I said to the Lord, this, this some people don't have trouble with this, but... Jesus said if we don't eat his body or drink his blood we're not you know worthy of him <laughs> so that's kind of ca- sounds like cannibalism doesn't it all right well he said, I was in the presence of the Lord and so I said I just wanted to say how much I loved him and I said I want to know all about you Lord Paul says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering I said I want to know all about you Lord and I said, Lord, and I, 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 I didn't really think was anything going to come of this, but I said, Lord, what's your, do you have a favorite color? You know, small talk with, with God. So I said, I love, how many of you look like cars? Norm Moran is always wanting me to go to a car show. And I said, Norm, I can't go to a car show because the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh just comes out of me when I go to a car show. I love cars, you know, and I'd love to have a 57, you know, Thunderbird. (laughs) You know, and I said, God, do you have a favorite car? Do you like cars? Like I like cars. I said, you watch movies? Some of them really great old movies in those classics. Said, do you you have a favorite actor, favorite movie that you like? Favorite? And I was just naming off all kinds of things. And I said, do you like a favorite song? Do you like, you know, secular songs? And there's some songs that you like. Do you like those things? And at one time, I believe the Lord was speaking to me. He says, where are you going with this? <laughs> I said, I I'm just I'm just wanting you to know that I want to know all about you. And she said, "Well, if you if you really must know, the answer is yes, I do." And I'm like, "I I didn't expect that." I said, "What? What's your favorite song? You know, what's your favorite color?" He says, "Well, I have a favorite color. I have a favorite song. I have a favorite." He went on naming all those, and I said, "What are? What is it? What is your favorite song? What is your favorite color?" And he says, "It's you." And I'm like, "What?" He says, "You're my favorite song. You're my favorite." Car, you're my favorite. He names off all those things. You know, because you are God's favorite. I'm not set apart any more favored than you are. You are his favorite. And then he says to me, God, I'm not, I don't. He says, Don, I don't have anything else going on but you. You're all I care about. You're all I think about. You're all I want. You're, you're, you're the, you're, you're, I love you. I sent my son to die for you. You're it. And this is what this is saying. I should count them. They are more numbered than the sand. You count how many grains of sand there are. How many stars there are in heaven. God's had that many thoughts about you as an individual. You as a person. Hallelujah. God loves you. When I awake, I am still with thee. Now let's go to... uh, Uh, Revelations chapter 2. And we'll have communion with this. Maybe we could get the people up here and start getting communion up. I'll let you know when we're going to go to song though. Okay, verse 12. Chapter 2, verse 12. Now, if you know anything about chapter 2 and chapter 3, it's going to be talking about the churches in Revelation. Revelation. The seven churches of Revelation. And if you don't know this, all seven churches are in what we know today to be Turkey. And it starts off on the, on the west coast, about, around the southern southern west coast is the first church, is Ephesus. And that's why in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, You didn't take my tablet, did you? Oh, right. Who put that there? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. I remember what I did. <laughs> Hallelujah! And so you, you start off and you go kind of up. You go up as uh, as in the order that that John, uh, beloved, wrote in. You start off with the Ephesus and then you go up and you go to Smyrna and. Uh, I can't remember all of them, but at the top of this, it makes a spear like this. If, if you follow the lines, you know, follow the lines of the stars the, or the cities. makes kind of a spearhead. And at the top of the spearhead is Pergamus. Right? Some places they pronounce it Pergamum. But this is Pergamus. He says, to the angel of the Lord of the church of Pergamos, write these things, saith he that hath a sharp sword with two edges. This is Jesus talking. He's got the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. I read this in so many different translations, and I was kind of shocked because I read Revelation, studied Revelations, listened to tapes about Revelation. I never really got this before. Because it says right here that in Pergamus, it says I know Satan's seat. He is actually, goes, if you said other translations, it says, I know where that Satan lives there. Well, I thought he was in hell, you know. But it says this: see it is, and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith. And in those days wherein Antipas, Antipas was a martyr there. It says Antipas was the faithful martyr who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. Woo! Wow! I don't know if I'd want to live. I'll be in the. You know what the problem is? Well, let's go on. We'll find out in a minute. But I have a few things against you. Because you have, has there them, you have there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. Who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. And he says, to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And to commit fornication. All right. Next. This way. So hast thou also them that have. Hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitans. If you look those up. The Nicolaitans. Was the ones. The Gentiles. In the Gentile churches. That, see they had two big meetings in the book of Acts where Paul and Barnabas have was, uh, came to Jerusalem, Acts 15, and they were discussing whether or not the Gentiles should be following the law of Moses like the Jews. Everybody find that, find that out? And it says, Paul said no, Barnabas said no, Peter said no. You know, and then James, the pastor of the church of Jerusalem says, to, to what they said, agree with the scriptures. And then he says, what the scriptures say in Amos 9 is that the Gentiles are going to be brought back unto God to rebuild the tabernacle of David. And then he says this, they are not to come under the law of Moses except for two major things. They were not to eat meat that had been offered up to idols and fornication. And not fornication. Because we just read that. The Nicolaitans were a group of Gentile Christians. That was saying no to that. The Nicolaitans was saying. Well we believe that you know. They're not to come under the law of Moses. But I don't. We don't go for this other part. That they made exceptions to. That's what they are. We'll talk about that probably another time. Which thing I. What? Hate. All right. Next verse. Repent or else I will come to you quickly. I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Next verse. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit of the church is. To him that overcome, will I give to eat of the hidden manna. That's why we're sharing this particular verse about uh, what we're going to do today. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said in John 6, when they were, uh, without going into any details, they said, uh, how'd you get over here and, and across the sea? And they said, he says, you seek me not because you saw a miracle, the five thousands. You seek me because you want to get your bellies full. He says, labor not for that food which endures to... Uh, that doesn't do endure to everlasting life, but instead labor for the food that endures to everlasting life. And then he goes on to, and they said, "Well, sh- <laughs> what must we do to do the works of God?" And he says, "Believe on Him whom He has sent, and that is the work of God." And then they said, "Well, well, show us a sign. Show us a sign. Make, make, you know, bring manna down like our forefathers." And he says, you don't get it, do you? That 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 manna that came from heaven, that didn't give you everlasting life. I've got the manna that gives you everlasting life. I'm it. I'm it. You eat of me. You drink of my blood. You drink of my water like the woman at the well. You will never be hungry again. You will never be thirsty again. I'm the living manna that was sent down from God. And here I am. You eat my flesh. And they said, that's too much for us to hear. And they left him. Okay. So he says, he that hath here, let him hear what the spirit of the church says to the churches. To him that overcome, to give, to eat the hidden manna. And I will give him a white stone. You guys know that scripture, don't you? It's not the only place it talks about a white stone. That's their name of their, their worship team. I will give them, I will give you a white stone in a stone a new name written. so he's going to give you a white stone, and he's going to write a new name for you in that stone, and then it says this: in the stone a new name written, which no man knows except he that receives it. So I answer your question, Mario I don't know, <laughs> but when I receive it i'm going to know and you're not. <laughs> Unless I tell you. Unless I tell you, which is okay. It doesn't say not to tell you. But every one of you is going to get a new name and a white stone. And you're the only one that's going to be told about it. And some of you may have already found out. I didn't. All right. So let's go down and get the children up here. Because we're going to break bread. And we're going to eat the manna that was sent from heaven. Which is jesus christ he's the manna that endures to everlasting life now we believe that there's a holy presence up here we don't believe in transubstantiation that it literally becomes the body and blood because see what if you think if you've prayed and you receive christ as your lord and your savior and you have confessed him with your mouth that he is lord and believe that god has raised him from the dead you shall be saved See, because that was eating of the manna from heaven. What we're doing when we break bread up here is just proclaiming in a spiritual presence of worship what God has done for us, literally, in giving us the manna from heaven, which is Jesus. Everybody catch that? I might have gone a little fast today because of other things. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for loving us thank you for the bread and the the juice and Lord we we thank you that you are that new manna there's going to be a new manna it's like new wine that is in new wine, in new wineskins Lord we want to be new wineskins to have new wine we want to be born again new so that we can partake of the living bread, of the living wine, in Jesus' name. And on the last day before he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said to his disciples, this is my body, which is for you. Come and take and receive of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he took the wine, and he says, this is the cup of the new covenant. Take and drink all of it. And you notice he says that in, in the scriptures. He says, take and drink all of it. You know, And I'm not talking about taking of this up here. I'm talking about how we, you know, we, we go all the way. We go all the way with God. We're ready to go all the way. Drink all of it. In Jesus' name, bless the wine, Lord. Bless the bread. Come forward and receive.